That was awesome. That was awesome. So this is my favorite story. Of all the stories that are told about Jesus, this is my favorite story. And I'll tell you why as we go along. So let's just look at what was happening on this day. First of all, there's some question amongst religious scholars as to whether this happened when we report it in the Bible or not. So for today, if there are any religious scholars, we're just going to tell the story. Okay? We're not here to prove it's right. We're not here to prove it's wrong. We're not here to prove it's true or it's not true. We're here to tell a story. So this story took place in Jerusalem, and it took place at Passover. And the Jewish people during Passover were celebrating their liberation from Egypt. It was a time that they celebrated the freedom that they had gained. And at the same time, they were under the oppression of Roman rule. And their lives were very difficult as a result of that. The wealthy were the wealthiest, and the poor were poor, and there wasn't much middle class. There was a lot of fear. It was not a good time for them. But the Romans, being wise and victorious, had a little bit of fear of their own. And their fear was that if they didn't do something on Passover, those Jews might get the idea that they could be liberated again. And so the Jews, every Passover, created a great imperial parade. And the imperial parade came from the west side of town. And it came with a well-armored leader and with great soldiers and beautiful, polished, shiny armor and weapons. It was a big deal. And they marched loudly and proudly and aggressively. Pax Romana, peace through victory. That's what they taught. And they came from the west side of town and marched through solely with one purpose. To say, you may have been liberated before, but you won't be again. Don't push. You can celebrate if you want. But that's all you can do. So it's a grand parade. On the other side of town, on the east side of town, came a carpenter from Nazareth. Now, the people, especially the poorer people, the most oppressed people, had heard his stories, had heard that he was healing, that he was forgiving, that he was inclusive, he taught love everybody, that he made time to be with the people, and he blessed their lives, and that he stood for something, just like you stand for something. He stood for something. And they began slowly to see that the crowds would follow him. And they started to build a little bit of faith. Maybe, just maybe, this was the guy they'd been waiting for. Maybe. On this particular day, Jesus came to the town and he said to his friends, and the story gets, goes all over the place here. He said to his friends, if you go to town, there's a place there where you're either going to find, depending upon which gospel book you're reading, a donkey, a donkey and a colt, or a colt. Whichever one it was, it was a baby. And it had not been ridden before. So Jesus had them bring it to him, and he rode it. 
that by itself is a pretty interesting feat, isn't it? To ride on something that has never been ridden before. But for some reason, that was important. Because he could have walked, except that he wasn't there to walk. He was there to make a mockery of what was happening on the other side of town. He was there to make a point. And this is why this is my favorite story, because this is the rebel Jesus I love. This is the Jesus that stands for something, who says, no, it's not okay. Not only is it not okay, but we're going to make fun of you crazy people over there. This is not the way we do things. So he came in, and we'll just say, because that's what the story has developed to, that he came in on a donkey. And people put palm leaves down on the road, and they took their coats off and their cloaks, and they laid them out because they wanted to believe that he was going to save them. In fact, what they yelled to him was the word Hosanna. Hosanna is a Hebrew word that means save us, pray for us. Save us, pray for us. That's what they were saying. We hear that word and think it's a glorification. It's an expectation. Save us on your little donkey wandering down the road. (laughs) Imagine if you were Jesus. Just imagine for a minute that you're on your own, right? You're on the donkey, on your own, wandering through, and the crowds are yelling at you. And really, what you're there for is to send a message to those guys. But you're also trying to send a message to these guys. And the message you're trying to send is... You have to do something. And you can't do it the way they're doing it. You have to do it with humility. You have to do it steadily and with commitment and conviction. You have to walk through your fears because he had to be afraid that day. There's no way that you walk, that you ride on a donkey on one side of town knowing you're about to really upset the guys on the other side of town. And they're much bigger and more powerful than you are. Not only that, but he had to look at the crowd and say, are you guys crazy? You think I'm going to do this all by myself? He had to know there would be some level of disappointment for the people who were there. But he stood for something. He stood for peace and for love and for forgiveness. And he stood for justice. And so he took this this ride... And people hollered at him, Hosanna, save us. And we know the rest of the story, don't we? Those same people became upset that he didn't come with an army, that there wasn't some hidden army over the hill coming to save them, that he really was one man standing for something. He was exercising his expression of the divine. He was being, living, doing the work of God on the earth. He was the full expression, the hands, the heart, the eyes of God, saying enough. And that's what I love about Jesus. That's the, that's the spirit of Jesus that makes me passionate. Because it's valuable to us. We have an opportunity to stand for something. If we can get beyond our expectations, we have an opportunity 
to stand for something that matters so much that we would walk into the face of danger, that we would, we would confront our, our own convictions, that we would allow other people to place false expectation on us. We have the opportunity to stand for something while we're here in this lifetime. So maybe you stand for peace, or maybe you stand for a sustainable environment, or maybe you you stand, like my friend Andrew, for an end to poverty. Maybe you stand for safety for all people. Whatever it is, I want you to consider today what it might feel like to you if everybody expected you to live into that. More importantly, I want you to consider what it might feel like for you if you might disappoint other people by standing for what you stand for. Because in a minute, I'm going to invite you to take a walk, just like he did. We don't have a donkey, I'm sorry. No, no, Andrew, no. (laughs) Nice offer, though. I'm going to invite you to take a walk. It's an invitation. You can walk or not. Totally up to you. But I'm going to invite you to take a walk and to come up here and be careful so you don't trip over the palm leaves and come to this mic and speak in one sentence what you stand for. And we are going to bear witness to that, which is a huge commitment all to itself because once you say it out loud, other people will expect you to be that. They will expect you to. But that's not the important part. The important part is that you expect you to. That you actually are willing to stand in your Christ consciousness and say, this is mine to do. I will do this. One sentence. Who would like to start? Oh, you don't even need this. One thing I stand for most of all in my life is my favorite word of all, which is love. I feel that God is all around us, and he's a part of me, and also Jesus and Jesus. Thank you. If you want to participate, come on up, because we can go one right after the other. Hi, I'm Jane. I stand for hope. I stand for forgiveness. And I stand for love. As I grow older, I realize that the blessings that I've received in my life far outnumber the challenges I've faced.
I stand for global peace and unity and love. I stand for um, helping myself and others to accomplish our dreams and our hopes for the world. I stand for transformation of myself and the world. I stand for freedom of choice. I am love. And I am for the dogs. <laughs> I stand for spiritual seeking, spiritual enlightenment, and spiritual living. I stand for compassion for all and love for all. I stand for love for all beings, animal liberation, and through that veganism, being a vegan. I stand for harmony first within, then without. I am a passionate and compassionate healer. I stand in expectation of love, happiness, joy, and laughter to surround myself and to surround the world. I stand for facilitating healing on all levels for all humanity with compassion and love. I stand for world peace and stability through our world for future generations. Who I am is the possibility of dreams fulfilled. I stand for beauty and flowers. All children matter. I stand for truth and honesty. I stand for artistic expression of all people everywhere. 
I stand for equality and all lives matter. I stand for living with an open heart of compassion. I stand for commitment, which is easier said than done sometimes. I stand for strength, courage, and balance for my family. I stand for faith, love, and equality. I am a teacher and a healer. I stand for empathy. I stand for understanding and patience. I stand for expressing and sharing all the gifts I've been given. I stand for divine truth and to find the power of the divine within us all. I stand for peace, healing, and forgiveness. I stand for connecting people in nature, or should I say reconnecting people in nature, and for providing a gateway for the youth to find hope in their future that they may make a difference and know that they can make a difference. Mine's so long I had to write it down. (laughs) I stand for expressing love compassion, and caring to my family, friends, and all of those I meet. So, I want to remind all of you who either came up here and told us what they stand for, or sat in your chairs because I know you stand for something. And this is not always an easy thing to do, so I honor whether you chose to come up here or not that you stand for something. I want to remind you what this story ended up like. I want to remind you that when you stand for something, you put yourself on the line, that you are asked to die for what you believe in. And obviously, I want you all to come back next Sunday, so we're not talking that kind of death, right? What part of you needs to die 
for you to be able to fully rise into who you are and what you stand for. Is it ego? Is it fear? (coughs) Is it an old belief? Something that came from your upbringing that gets in the way of you being who you came here to be? What part of you is asking now to die? Because all those people on the side of the road saying, save us, save us, that's the part of you that doesn't want to die. Save me, I'm your ego, I'm really important. Save me, I'm your fear. What is asking you to save it and getting in the way of the work you came to do? This week is Holy Week. This week we walk through the metaphor of allowing something of us to fall away so that we might step into our most anointed place, so that we might raise ourselves to a new level, so that we might do what we came to do, which is to be the hands, the heart, the soul, the living presence of God on earth. This week your work is figure out what needs to die so you can rise again. I have some quotes for you. Stephen Covey said, Treat a man as he is, and he will remain as he is. Treat a man as he can and should be, and he will become as he can and should be. Brandon Sanderson said, Expectations are like fine pottery. The harder you hold them, the more likely they are to crack. This one is my favorite. This is by Thomas Fuller. Thomas Fuller says, Good is not good when better is expected. Good is not good when better is expected. Steve Maraboli said, set the standard. Stop expecting others to show you love, acceptance, commitment, and respect when you don't show it to yourself. And Sarah Bond Brethnock said, today, expect something good to happen to you no matter what occurred yesterday. Realize the past no longer holds you captive. It can only continue to hurt you if you hold on to it. Let the past go. A simply abundant world awaits.